Hi guys, and welcome to the Shrewsbury Biscuit. I forgot to put us on the screen then. Uh, welcome to the Shrewsbury Biscuit podcast. I'm Alex Whiteley. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in um, to the show. Uh, I appreciate every single one of you for, for tuning in. You guys have been doing amazing over the last few weeks listening to my show, so I really do appreciate you all. Now, um, today, I'm bringing... Um, <laughs> okay, so before before we get into this, right, I want the listeners and the viewers, uh, if, you, if you're watching, creep, uh, <laughs> I want you to understand uh, I don't do politics normally on my show. However, I've spoken to many politicians, um, and it's because I feel like it is important to embrace that side of society, uh, but I like the biscuit to be a positive place where people can come and listen. In. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh, he's going to do politics, I'm not tuning in, I'm not listening to this crap, don't worry about it, we're not going to venture down there. It's going to be going to keep it as positive as possible. However, I remember... Speaking to um, our mayor uh, a few a few a few weeks ago, Elizabeth Roberts, amazing lady, um, and I wanted to talk about sort of um, I think I, I mentioned about young people stepping into politics uh, and the next generation coming through, and then I've seen on Facebook over the last couple of weeks this guy, our guest today, Alex Wagner, he's been in the press so much, and he's a is a Liberal Democrat uh, um, councillor of of Bowbrook. And he um, is for he's just absolutely making waves. And as a young person, I thought, who better to speak to about young people in politics than Alex? So thank you for joining me. Oh, you right? Yeah, thanks for having me on. Have you ever had two Alexes on the same show before? We have, we have actually. Um, one of my one of the, so we recently had a a spat of really amazing guests come on on the uh, mm. on the Shrews with Biscuit. And a, a few weeks ago, we featured Alex McCarthy. Here she is, hmm. amazing uh, life and business coach, and she's actually changed my life. Sounds daft. We I, I spent an hour speaking to her on the biscuit, hmm. and um, she's helped me just just by a suggestion. And it was on the podcast too. She suggested just digitizing my calendar, get rid of all diaries, no paper, all yeah. Google calendars, get it all synced up to Outlook, and you can have tasks on there and stuff. And it's completely changed my life. Genuinely, productivity is. Phew, and that's thanks to her. Yeah. Yeah. Ditching the paper, all the notes. I don't want to think about how much note paper I've sort of got through that doesn't end up transcribed anywhere. <laughs> well, I, do you know what? I'd like to think that um, I'm kind of up to date. You know, I, I, I keep up with all the new apps and, and, and technology and stuff. I do work hard with that. You've got to stay current, right? However, I've always taken this old-fashioned approach of taking notes. I have, um, you see all my suitcases, but there's nowhere to put them. There's mm. just no way of fighting that. This is all <laughs> stuff that goes with me when I go on my travels. With a biscuit, and have I do have another suitcase in the closet behind me, full of notebooks, all my <laughs> ideas, my brain. Um, that's in there. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, what well, is I'm it about? Exactly, no- Sorry, I was just going to say I'm, I'm exactly the same though, because well, I, I grew up in Maysbrook and Kinnerley, uh, which is you know very rural, and we had such bad phone signal and such bad broadband. You know, go, going all the way till we moved back into town when I, I was going to college, that I've, I'm so used to the internet being unreliable <laughs> yes. so used to not having phone signal that i've never i've never really trusted doing all all notes there which i do think probably i don't i can't really justify now i live in bellevue <laughs> oh right you in bellevue I, I lived in bellevue for a while yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> i thought it would be really hard i really did think it would be like really hard to switch because i have been aware of like digital cameras i used to use time tree for a bit in fact i am um, for a while, I had we had a team for the biscuit for, for a while with a fair few members that were, were working with us and with um, USUK, US UK, and all the other teams I had around the world. 
So I'd throw everybody on time tree and we'd all be synced up, but I'd forget to go and put stuff on there. And then I'd, I'd be like, yeah, I'm doing this thing at four o'clock. And they'd be like, well, it wasn't on the calendar, Whiteley. And I'd be like, ah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> technology and stuff. Um, so, yeah, um, let, let's talk about then. Are you are you Shropshire born and bred or where would you help from? Oh, I'm yeah. I mean, where so I'm not just Shropshire born and bred, but there's sort of I think the my great, 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 great grandfather was uh, the first one of us in Shropshire, Master Taylor of Clum. My granddad was doing a load of family history and we found it really amusing that we ended up moving about 20 miles north over 350 <laughs> years. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, no, all, all, all my family live in town. Um, actually, most of them live in Bellevue nowadays. Um, but I grew, up, I grew up in really rural Shropshire. I grew up in sort of Maysbrook, Kinnerley, Slanamunnock, right on the Welsh border. Um which I think gives you a slightly different perspective to growing up in Shrewsbury, possibly. Um, you know, it's very, very close-knit around there. <laughs> it just goes to show how, how you know, how much our, our communities sort of are intermittent, you know. And, um, I mean, I, I grew up in Wrexham, which is a little bit further over the border, mm. but still not that far. Uh, and, you know, it's a stone's throw, really, uh, yeah, which, yeah. Which, which goes to show um, when it comes to our cultures and, I mean... <laughs> As an English kid growing up in Wales, it was tough. It was. T- I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I've been watching uh, Welcome to Wrexham uh, yeah, on, on Disney+. Plus. Oh, it's amazing, isn't it? Mm, I, I can't really believe it. Not only am I a huge Always Sunny in Philadelphia and Rob, Rob McElhenney fan, but he's moved into my own. I'm, I'm more excited about that than Ryan Reynolds, if I'm honest, <laughs> because... Uh, you know, there's a close connection. You're talking to the right man. I love, well, I love Always Sunny. Um, but... Um, Oh, well, the question for you then, surely, is are you a Wrexham or a Shrewsbury fan? I mean, that's... Uh, oh, Shrewsbury. Okay, so I, I, like, so, so seeing, that, seeing that documentary and seeing places where I grew up on, on screen and, and people as well that I know, it hmm. has been weird. You know, I'd, I'd see a part of Wrexham come up and I'm like, Ugh! like, you get that weird, cringy, like, uh, nostalgia, like, I haven't seen that since I was a child. Um, but, like, I couldn't go to the games. I was, I was bullied because I was English, genuinely. Like, mm-hmm. they were like... Here he is, Whiteley. I used to wind them up with my England shirt. I used to be like, all right, boys. And I'd like, yeah, and I'd get a chase through town. So I would play on it, but I couldn't go to Wrexham games. Couldn't go because uh, I get, I get, you know, there'd be, there'd be violence. There'd be violence, not in a bad way, but I'd just get chased, I guess. Uh, but yes. one of the most, one of the most embarrassing, it wasn't, it was a proud moment, but I was in the cadets for years, the army cadets, and I got really high up. And there was the one, <laughs> the one weekend, it was for um, remembrance. Um, it was around that time and I had to do a parade in the middle of the of the field. <laughs> I had to take on like a hundred and cadets on onto the onto the field and then stop them and then we had to do some drill and stuff with the the the, the, the core drums behind us and stuff and I could mm. just feel them burning into my soul as I was still <laughs> in the middle of the field. It's amazing. But um what about you? You like you like your shoes be football? I really do, yeah. So I, I don't have a season ticket and I haven't had one for the last couple of seasons because Saturdays are quite a precious commodity if you do this sort of volunteer-led, resident-led line of work. But um, I've, I've had a season ticket probably most of the time I could have been going to the games. And well, I, I know, yeah. So where I live now backs onto the Prince of Wales, which great football pub and does a coach to the matches. So if I, if I can finish up on working on Saturdays by about two o'clock, I can usually get to the home games. So... I got to see us get uh, dismally beaten by Charlton the other week. I was there. I was there. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, no, I, I always always follow the town. And, uh, you know, for me, it's a bit about the ritual of it, though. Like, um, I guess because I don't go to all the games, 
I do care if we win or lose, but it won't ruin my day anymore, which it probably would have a few years ago. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I just like it's the all about the experience there. They make such a good positive vibe um, at the stadium um, that when you go there, you can't help but think, oh, man, I've had a great time. I, I'll, be, I'll go with my wife and my little one. In fact, um, I went, um, it's here. I went where, <laughs> where um, I don't have a, a Shrewsbury top. I don't have anything mm. that resembles it, but I like my NFL. So I walked into the stadium mm. wearing this, uh, which is <laughs> oh, my, Vikings. Uh, my, yeah, my yeah. Vikings top. Um, and I went in the pub on the stadium and the wry looks I got from wearing that was just hilarious. But I don't care. <laughs> I'm there to have fun and enjoy time with my family. Exactly. Um, I really, I really uh, like that Shrewsbury is one of those places where you get loads of away fans coming up and sitting in the same pub as you. Like, um, yeah, I know yeah. Prince Wales, Coach and Horses, loads of places are quite proud that, like, you know, I, I've definitely been in places where there've been more Portsmouth fans because they've done a bus up and all agreed on a pub than Shrewsbury yeah. fan. Um, yeah. I, I really like that we're the sort of place where you can do that because I've definitely been at away games. I think Port Vale comes to mind actually, where you've been chaperoned into the one away fans pub. Uh, yeah. Which is a, way, a bit of a bad sign. <laughs> yeah. All right, boys. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, I, I, we all appreciate the uh, the difficulties mm. that comes into into things like that. But yeah, they have the um, the, uh, the the fan zone area at the stadium, mm. which I love. I mean, the first time I got introduced to that was to cover um, what the nineties revival were doing there. They had the Capella, the Capella mm. there, and uh, we went and took some cameras. And, oh, we recorded it. it was really good. I think that that vlog, which is on YouTube, by the way, please check it out. Um, mm. It's um, it's a testament to how how well the the, the the club is run. I think it's just a nice vibe, um, and you know I do miss I miss Bellevue so much. I used to live on Bestford Square, which is just down the road. Oh from right, Geneva. yeah, just down the road, yeah. Yeah, um, and uh, I used to love the connection. Just walk into town, go find a coffee shop to dive into and do some editing, or go and do a recording somewhere. And but now I live in Sutton Grange, which is about the way. So now I have to go find parking. But being a resident of Bellevue, I know where the the parking spots are, which is handy. Um, <laughs> yeah, vital local knowledge that in Bellevue. <laughs> um, so you um, when when I think the most important question to ask here is um, when did politics grab you? When did you realise you wanted to be sort of a politician? Well, I think the funny thing about that is I don't think I really realised I wanted to be a politician until I was one. Um, you know, <laughs> like it sort of hits you over the head, and someone says, "Oh, you're a politician, aren't you?" And you go. Oh yeah, I, I am, aren't I? Um, I? I got I joined the Lib Dems when I was quite young. I was still at school, so because we I we grew up between Shrewsbury and Oswestry, really. So I went to the marches in Oswestry, mm -hmm. and I joined in my final year there because um, I think we'd had the mock elections around then, and we, you know it was a bit of a topic of discussion. At home, my parents have always been quite political. They've never been members of any party, really. I don't think or been active, but it's always kind of. You know, we're one of the houses where the radio's on and the, you, you know, the news is rolling. Um, so I signed up and in, in the time-honoured tradition for Liberal Democrats, um, got involved in doing a few bits of leafleting, you know, kind of doing the newsletter for councillors. Then we moved back into town when I was going to college. And it was um, it was actually David Vasma, who's the councillor for Underdale and Monkmore, um, who got in touch, I think knocked on the door and said... Would you like to come out, knock some doors, do the newsletter with me, do some of the litter picks and stuff around? Oh, wow. around? And I, what I've learned since is obviously, you as a councillor, you ask 10 people that and one or two say yes. Um, but for me, it was kind of really a question because 
you know, as someone doing stuff in the area, trying to make it a better place to live. I, you know, clearly had sympathy with, you know, the worldview of the of the Lib Dems. And I kind of didn't really look back from there. I think I think once you get into it, once you get into the you knock doors, you talk to people, your feedback on what you're doing, you take up their issues. Um, in, in an odd way, it's actually quite addictive. You know, like it's a bit of a feedback loop because once you've done it for someone, they tell their neighbour if you need something sorted, you go to Alex and then, it, you know, you, you never really hear the end of it. But that's that's the enjoyable bit of it, actually. <laughs> I bet you uh, I bet you're prepared for anything, really, because anything could happen when somebody opens that door. They can take F off or they could be like really like shy or not onto the door or be rude or they could be engaging or they could you know that anything can happen when people answer those doors has it really helped you sort of um i guess improvise your way through some difficult or even in good situations oh yeah i mean everyone's got a, a door knocking story if, you, if you're involved in <laughs> local politics i mean I, I think i'm quite lucky i've never been bitten by a dog i've never i've never had anyone come to the door naked which oddly quite a lot of people i speak to seem to have had um it, yeah. it, it, it's always fundamentally interesting, though, you know, and I, I guess I you also forget when, you, you know, I, I take a bit of pride in doing it, you know, every week, you know, because I think you've got to listen to people take up their concerns. You know, if you're not doing that, you're not doing your job. You know, I, I see what I do as, as work, not as, you know, you have to be quite disciplined with yourself. Yeah. But yeah, it, I think I think it makes you makes you better with people doing it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I get that. I mean, I've, um, I guess the way the only way I can relate is with the, with the podcast and the interview. I get the Vox Pox stuff, you know, getting interviews with people on the side of the street. I hate that. Even today, I, I kind of struggle with that sometimes. I have to be in the zone, but I think I definitely yeah. deal with it better than what I used to. Um, mm. You know, especially if I'm at an event. And we went on the Sabrina boat. Uh, me and Alex mm. did uh, Alexander Westwood, um, mm. and we recorded. Recorded a vlog and I took, we, we got some interviews on the boat with some of the staff and stuff and we narrated a little bit. Um, and then I, and then the, the the skipper was like, maybe you want to get some box pox. And I was kind of like, and I watched people sort of get filed in, sit down, order their drinks, and then go and enjoy the tour. And then they yeah. kind of just really want to get up. And I was like, I can't stop these people in their tracks, man. They're enjoying their evening. So I didn't do it. Um, but yeah, the more I've done it, yeah. the better it is. It's like weight training. And I take the philosophy of, you know, like I, I do it because I think it's an important bit of the service. Like if, if you're electing a councillor, you, you've got to expect to see them when there's no election on and expect them to be doing stuff. And if people are not at all interested in talking or just aren't interested in politics or local politics, fine. Like I can't blame them at all. You know, I've done my bit. They're not interested. Move on to the next next house. You know, more often than not, people are quite nice and interested. I think people are pretty good around here and people pretty locally aware and kind of want want stuff to be better which is the best best bit of it <laughs> i think it if, uh, do you think it helps at the moment that the world is so dire that you know the people there's so much negativity going on at the moment and you know um i think it i think it's really bizarre that we're trying to fight for general health care i think it's really just i feel like i'm like are we gone past caring for people's lives? Any like what's going on right now? Because let's try and get into a GP um, to try and get anything involved. I mean, I've always had positive experiences with hospital, but I very rarely go. Um, you know, I've, I've been for blood tests and things like that, and in and out, no problems. But I know that there are genuine, serious issues. And then there's the uh, the whole tra- um, the whole closing. What was it they're trying to do? They're trying to make it a Super hub, yeah. They're trying to sort of put them all right. in the same building. 
Yes, um, that's right. The GPs put them all together. Which they did in Telford, and I don't think that it got a very positive um, response, if, mm. I, if I'm right. Well, they've kind of done it up in Halska as well, just with two, um, you know, which ended up merging, which I think has pretty low satisfaction. It's the, I mean, the healthcare, for me, is, is pretty close to the number one campaigning issue in, in Shrewsbury and in the rural areas near it. Um, you know, I, I think it was Rob Park, who's a GP who co-founded Riverside, who said that Shropshire's health is in the fourth division. Like the provision <laughs> we get is a lot worse than what other other even nearby counties get. Um, yeah. You know, if you call an ambulance, even if it's category one, it's almost, it most of the time it's missing targets. It can be, you know, and if, you, if you have a stroke, the waiting time can be over an hour, which is insane. Um, NHS dentist provision, good luck getting into an NHS dentist if you're not already registered with one. Um, you know, almost none of them are actually taking new patients at the moment. Uh, GPs are trying to move them all to to the central site. Um, I just don't see an answer to the access questions there. Like, I, I don't see how that square can be, that circle can be squared. Um, you know, local GP provision, family doctors, quite important to people. It's why people move to certain areas even, you know, like you can't just take it away. I think you there's know, a lot of people at the moment with sort of genuine, genuine horror stories from their visits to the GP. Yeah. I've I've spoken to so many people. Uh, one of my colleagues was like, um, she said she was sitting in a, in, a, in a GP and she saw this this old fellow uh, walk in. You know, struggled to walk, got to reception, and she was like, he was like, um, I, I need an appointment, and she was like, you need to ring. <laughs> mm. and, she, and he was like, what? I'm here. He goes, and she goes, no, you need to ring in. And she refused to give him an appointment, you know, any emergency appointments they had. And she made him walk out and go and ring. And he just walked off. And I was just like, you know, hearing this story, I'm thinking, I could see it. I could see, I could definitely see it, you know. There are, there are serious I mean, issues. Like, the, you know, I represent a lot of the staff because my, my patch covers the hospital. Like, they work so hard. They don't get paid anywhere near enough most of the time. Um you know, you've got like absolutely incredible people in this town doing incredible stuff. Like, I was chatting last night um, to someone who's an NHS doctor at A&E at the hospital. Like okay. the work he does, you know, it, 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 it's it's mind blowing the amount of, you know, lives he's involved in saving, the, the amount of, you know, the positive impact that people like that have on our town. But if, if you don't treat them well, and if we've got this system where you don't pay them properly, the training's pretty grueling you know the you're not sort of giving people a reason to do it you are going to have a staff shortage and you are gonna you are gonna have these issues and you know i i really admire you know every time i speak to someone or run into someone in a in a bar who works those jobs i sort of feel obliged to thank them or buy them a pint because you know I, I wouldn't i couldn't do it you know i really couldn't um no it's, it's incredible uh, Again, you know, there's an there's an issue. The cutbacks, 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 cutbacks. Uh, you know, you, like you said, you know, you work with a skeleton crew that are working ridiculous hours, and not just that, but the job is intense, like intense. It's not like, um, you know, whether it's whether it's a, a GP trying trying to make sure that someone doesn't die from taking the wrong medication, or whether it's, um, you know, serious. Uh, problems they've had to deal with in, in an emergency sense or even like the nurses in a and e you know uh, everything mm. that is being run by the nhs right now is on a skeleton crew and um i just absolutely commendable to anybody that's in that situation 
um, because it needs yeah. saving. And, you know, we're talking about yeah. knocking on doors and going around speaking to people. I guess if you could start with a conversation with, I want to save the hospital, I want to save GPs, yeah. uh, that, that can only start off a positive conversation with anybody. If you do, if, if someone speaks to you and says that to you and you go, oh, no, you're not. Like, oh, you have a negative response. I don't, I don't believe you. I don't believe you. Well, so. And you often get, you know, I've knocked on doors before and someone's looked a bit sheepish and gone, I'm awfully sorry, I don't vote Liberal. And I, I'll say to them, well, you couldn't vote for me if you tried. There's no election on. Um, you know, we're, we're just doing this because, you know, for better or worse, I represent this area and want to hear what you've got to say and if you've got anything you want to bring up. But, but what were you just saying actually reminds me, I was chatting to someone earlier in the week who's just left working as an ambulance driver. And I sort of said, you know, I knew he'd been looking at other jobs and said, why have you done that? And he said, well, you know, he can get better money stacking shelves in Asda for much less grueling work than driving ambulances during an ambulance crisis where we need that service to be tip top. I mean, you know, but I, I, I think most people know both of those things. It's actually on the government and on regional NHS to sort of fix it and propose solutions and pump a bit of money in. I don't mm. think they're going to do that in the short term under the current government but we won't do the whole political spiel on this one <laughs> yeah it's, uh, like i said it's, it's it's hard to not get political when we're speaking about politics yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a it's a but no i agree with you we can talk about that because i think i think as a as a human being um mm. a soul it's really hard when you hear about stories about you know an old deer falling over uh, breaking yeah. a hip and having to wait like six hours for an ambulance or something stupid like yeah. that. You know, when you hear those stories, it kind of hurts you in the feels. Like it gets gets to you, and you think, mm. what is going so wrong when somebody has to wait six hours for an ambulance? That's something that's for something that's life threatening. Like yeah. that's just, yeah, it it really gets to me. And if 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 there's um, nothing being done to sort of rectify that, then there is seriously an issue. Mm. So you know, hopefully somewhere mm. we're going to get this help. Yeah. yeah, it is upsetting though. You're right. You know, you get upsetting stories in the inbox. But but actually, what, what I think is most interesting is you meet people who've had these horrible experiences. And a lot of the time, they're not telling you anger. They're not getting in touch with me because they want, you know, they want to take revenge or whatever. They, they get in touch because they don't want it to happen to someone else. You know, yeah. they've been through it. They don't want anyone else in town to have to face face what they've faced. And I think that's a, a wonderfully telling attitude about what people around here are like. Um, yeah, you know they're good. I think. Um, I well, of course, one of the things I wanted to speak to you about is is is, is being so young in the game. You know, mm. I think I, you know, from what I what I've recalled over my years of with, with eyes, <laughs> like twenty is a very young age to be a politician, and um, you're bringing a bit of a bit of youth to 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 the table. Um, do you think it helps that you you've got like a younger outlook on things? I think that. You know, this is a very Lib Dem attitude, but you want the balanced perspective at a council chamber or in Parliament or wherever. Um, you know, I, 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 I'm I, the only councillor, I think, under 30 of 74 in Shropshire. Um, you know, I don't know what the maths is, but there's a much higher proportion of people under 30 in Shropshire than councillors. Um to some extent, it's always going to be like that. And, and there's other battles to fight. You know, the council chamber's massively majority men. Um, you know, local, you know, all parties can do do work on that. But I do I do think, actually, being young gives you a slightly different perspective. Um, I think 
you know, there's fantastic councils on all sides, but I feel like a lot of the job is pretty grueling and you have to do a lot of footwork. And I feel like I've got a bit bit of energy to do that. Um, you know, I'd rather be rather, I, I, I thought of when I was asked to stand, I thought, well, I'd rather do it now and see what it's like and decide if this is for me and, you know, serve people and get out of it by, by the time I want to settle down. <laughs> um, but then, you know, you look at some great uh, people in politics over the years, you know, I'll be the same age as Charles Kennedy uh, at the general election when he first got elected and he, you know, went and led the anti-Iraq war protests, served his home home constituency for 30, 35 years. Um, I, I think it would be a fundamentally good thing if there were more young people involved in politics in places like Shropshire. Um, I, I think people don't know it's an option, though, almost. <laughs> You know, yeah. you don't see it very much. Um, uh, also, as well, I feel like we're living, we are living in a completely different world now. Like the world has completely changed. And whether you want to look at things from, you know, a positive or a negative point of view, um, people's outsets have definitely changed. The way people live has 100% changed, especially with the things like, you know, social media, Instagram, Snapchat, t- TikTok. You know, the way people, uh, you know, taking information has changed, which of course affects the way people can give out information. You know, it's all different now. And you are mm. you were born like into this. I'm 36 years yeah. old. There's, there's only sort of 16 years between us, um, but like I still feel like I'm part of the generation that was kind of evolved with the technology. Whereas the the politicians that are kind of like mm. of a more dinosaur age, you know, close to dinosaur <laughs> technology. Uh, with all due respect, sorry guys, but you know, um, springs. Who puts springs on a on a microphone stand? Um, um, I feel like you are more equipped to deal with the the life of today in certain respects would you agree oh it's su- it's such a hard question that because because there are colleagues of mine on the council who are much better technical councillors than i am like i you know i i, I take a pretty different attitude to most councillors um you know i i, I as i see it if you're a councillor if you're an mp you're not important you know you're there to do a body of work you're there to do a job you're there to represent your residents you're there to do it on behalf of other people, not yourself. Um, yeah. and, and I think that actually that's quite an old school model of public service, really. Um, you know, actually, a lot of the older councillors are the ones who understand that best, you know, especially if they've been doing it for such a long time that, you know, they're kind of uh, they kind of know the ins and outs of it and know how to how to trip the council up and hold it to account. But I, I, I think you could, if you were interested in doing stuff in your community, and you're just about egotistical enough that you're willing to stomach having your face on loads of leaflets and bits of paper and boards, which is the weirdest bit of it all. Um, whatever age you are, you should do it because there aren't enough people involved in local politics. Like there need to be more people doing more things, driving the standard up across the board. You know, if you, if you fight an election campaign and lose, you tend to make your opponent better. You know, that's that's democracy. You tend to raise their game as well. Um, yeah. And, you know, we as Lib Dems, we're always happy, you know, anyone from any background who wants to get involved, come along, see if you agree with us, see if you want to do stuff like I'll, I'll certainly do everything in my power to get people elected if they're if they're any good. You know, I was up in Halscott the other day knocking on doors. I've been out in um, been out in Sutton. I've been out in Baston Hill. You know, I, I'm trying to support really good people just trying to do stuff where they live. Um, but, you yeah, know, I, I, I think the youth thing helps and has detractions in probably fairly equal measure 
Do you ever waltz into the comments section on Facebook when you when, you know? Because like I said at the beginning of the show, yeah. you've been on, you've been in, there's a lot of bit, been a lot of press about you, um, uh, which has been nice to see. Um, I think it's a positive thing. But do you ever take a look at those comments? Do you have to? <laughs> yeah, I think you do. And I, and I, you know, my attitude is you've got to face the heat sometimes. Like y- you're never always right. You're never always making the point the way you should be making it. Often. You know, I do actually buy into a bit of a wisdom of crowds because like Shropshire is one of these places where you often get a message like where something seems totally absurd in the way it's run. And someone messages you like, oh, I remember when this decision was taken in 1987 and there's a reason they did it. And it's this and due to the water level. And so I I do. And of course, you get a bit of stick. But, you know, people of every age get a bit of stick in politics. Like you can claim I'm young and inexperienced just as you can claim someone's boring and middle-aged just as you can claim someone's past it you know um i think i think most people don't don't think like that and i don't think i would have won election in quite a safe conservative area if people did think like that because it just wouldn't have been able to happen <laughs> well the, the the beatles achieved everything they they achieved before they were 26 years old so you can't say that wisdom can't come from young people because it does um yeah, and Alex ferguson's united ah <laughs> uh, yeah exactly uh, Greta Thunberg, um, um, you know, these, these are, you know, oh, there's, um, what's his name? Uh, gosh, uh, the guy who's cleaning up all the oceans. Uh, uh his name? Boyan Slat. There you go. That's his name. Boyan Slat. He created that machine when he was 16 years old. The idea of it. Yeah. And now he's got these, he's got them all around the world and they're cleaning up the, uh, the, 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 the horrible, uh, plastic reef thing they've got in the, in the ocean. He's cleaning that up. You know, uh, so young people are great. And I guess I guess the summary might be, you know, we live in a democracy where you can vote on whatever reason you want to vote. I, de- I generally think there are bigger issues in how old the candidate is. Um, yeah. You know, there are there are a lot of things spinning around at the moment. If, if you're going to vote on stuff like that, um, you know, d- during the election campaign, we do a lot of leaflets. We do a lot of literature. You know, we try and go quite uh, hard as Lib Dems. Um you know, I, I got one person on the doorstep once say to me, I'm not voting for you because you put st- far too much paper through my doorstep, through my letterbox. And I sort of went, well, you can vote on that grounds, but you're talking about voting for an election which is, you know, going to decide millions of pounds of taxpayers' money. Um, you know, is is that really your number one? Yeah. Um, to which I think they've sort of accepted, really. <laughs> But yeah, Q- no. QR codes are the way forward. I think QR codes. Are, we've got. Um, I produced guys, uh, 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 listeners. You may not be aware. You may be aware, but I produced some audio tours that are placed all around Shrewsbury. Um, there's mm. one at the bottom by the train station, which leads into the castle. There's one by St Mary's. Um, there's mm. one at the top of the cop. They're, they're everywhere. The little round blue squares. There's one by at the bottom of Grope Lane as well. So you're, it's the wrong side of Grope Lane. Should be given. And there's a QR code. And if you scan that QR code, you'll get an audio tour. You get introduced by me, my voice, but it's all produced and it's some of um, Shrewsbury's finest historians talking about as that certain area of town. And you can go on these free walks. Um, QR codes are amazing. And I'm definitely going to be invested in using them with a biscuit going forward because, uh, you know, put a poster up somewhere, scan it, boff, you got an episode of the Shrewsbury Biscuit going. How amazing would that be? Yeah, sorry <laughs> procrastination um <laughs> but no i did see one of the comments the reason why i brought that up is there was a, a lady who i know i won't name um but her comment was i think I, i'm paraphrasing now but the the quote kind of went but you have no life experience what would you uh what would you, what would you say to that you, you know because it was the, i looked at that comment and i thought oh 
what if he sees this? This kid's 20. Uh, <laughs> you've got no life experience. 20, 20 when I got in, yeah. Um, well, I, it's, you know, I probably do have less life experience than, than some other people. But, uh, it, you know, again, you, you vote on issues, don't you? You vote on what people are going to do for you, what they're showing. You know, again, I, I think one of the more inspiring people in politics I've known of is Charles Kennedy, who was, you know, Lib Dem leader and, and fought the Iraq war. And he got elected in his home seat at 23, which by pure coincidence, the exact age I will be fighting my home seat. Um, you know, if, if people want to vote on stuff like that, they are welcome to. You know, we're a democracy. I hope that I can prove them wrong. I hope that I can show that I've I've got what it takes to represent them. I hope that I'm doing a lot of hard work on the council. I hope that I'm getting people's views across properly at Shire Hall and to our MP and to all sorts of government institutions. Um, you know, if, if people can't see past that, that's up to them. But I, I, I'm doing everything I can. And I'm even growing older as fast as I can. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I think people are either, you know, people can just be good at what they do. <laughs> they just can be. I mean, it's just, it just sometimes it doesn't matter, you know. I mean, a bit of experience is really important. But like you said, mm. you've had that experience of going around doors, speaking to people. And that's what I feel. That's my ideal of, vision of a politician is someone who just sits on the doorstep and speaks of, to Mary about her issues. What have you? Yeah. You went to the doctors and you waited so long. Oh my gosh, maybe we can do something to help, you know. And someone that really just listens to people. But of course, Politics isn't all that clean cut. It's hard, isn't it? You know, and do you see yeah. a lot of the bad stuff that's going in politics and think, yeah, that that's terrible. This needs cleaning up, sort of thing. I mean, it must be yeah. horrible for you to see. Well, I, you know, my my philosophy is really simple. I, I listen to what people have to say, take up their issues, and campaign on them. And I, I, it's so easy for councillors, for MPs, to get to Parliament, to get to Shire Hall to feel important, to have their photo taken, you know, get their pass, wear their nice suit, um, swan around and go to the free dinners and breakfasts and everything you're offered. And that's not really what I'm about. I don't really see the point in any of that. You know, what I do is a job. It's a service. Um, you know, I hope people appreciate it. Um, I, I don't think that the job of a councillor or an MP is to feel important. They're not that important. Your, your, your constituents, your residents are important. The NHS doctor I was talking to is a lot more important than I am. You know, the nurses who run the hospital, the bin men who have to get up at four in the morning to make sure that the town isn't covered in rubbish. They do much more than I will ever do and anyone in politics will ever do to make, make Shrewsbury a good place to live. You know, the farmers who make sure that our land is properly maintained and that we've got food on the table. Like if, if, if you're going into it thinking you're important, You've, you've already got totally the wrong end of the stick, in my opinion, and it cuts across all parties. <laughs> um, you know, I, I very much see my job as being Shrewsbury's man in the council rather than the council's man in, in Shrewsbury, if you like. Oh, nice. That's, that's good. And do you, have, you, have you got friends uh, in, in, in different parties? Can you do that? I mean, like, you know, I've yeah. known I've, I've friends and politicians. I'm friends with Julian Dean, who's from the Green Party. Um, yeah. Phil Phil Gillam, he's a good friend of mine. He's Labour, and of course yeah. Elizabeth Roberts. We make good friends. Yeah, ab absolutely. And I think if you're not doing that, you're wrong. I, I hate seeing you see on Twitter or whatever those never kissed a Tory shirts, and I just think I, I I've got friends from literally every party, and I've got friends who work for other parties or have been elected for other parties. You know, um, friends who are Conservatives, who are uh, Greens, who are Labour. Um, after I got selected, I got a congratulatory message from someone who I know is a member of UKIP. 
who lives in my my patch, Ooh. but just uh, <laughs> you know, just cares about the area. You know, obviously, I couldn't disagree with his politics more, but <laughs> you know, cares about the area, knows that we're doing a good work. Just thought he'd drop me a line, and you know, I've I've got no qualms about that. And again, I think if you're going into politics and you're you're thinking that your team is right all the time and the other teams are wrong all the time, and you've got to go out and bat for that. I, I, you know, you, I just think you're not you're not quite getting it. Um, and, and most ordinary people don't think like most ordinary people have a political steer, but they're kind of open to voting for basically anyone if they prove themselves. Like, you know, the last general election showed that where all these old Labour mining towns voted conservative, um, you know, it, it can kind of happen quite quickly. I was <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of weirdly become um a UK correspondent for a, a radio station in America. Um, big shout out to Matt Connaughton and Jenny Coffey as well from Matt Connaughton Unleashed. They have a show in New Hampshire uh, in America. Um, it's Manchester. And uh, they were, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> first of all, they wanted me to speak about Rishi Sunak. They, want, they wanted me to read. And I was like, I don't really do politics, but okay. So I rang up and we did this, we had this, this thing. And, you know, surprisingly, mm-hmm. I knew more about it than I, I sort of let on. I was kind of like, okay maybe i can get into a bit deeper but um now one of the things i want to talk about is they were talking about obviously that they're talking about elections and stuff in america at the moment you know and uh, trump and biden and what's going on over there and um he was taught he said something very interesting and i think it's true he said that you know there's a lot of people in america maybe in the uk especially like deep in shropshire that don't even know don't even look at the policies they're just blue or they're red or they're green, and they just vote for them anyway. They don't care what's going on. They just stick with the same person because it's in their creed or part of their family policy, I don't know, or whatever it is. But people will just vote for who they vote for because that's who they've always gone for. Weird, right? Uh, yeah, and I, I think I think that as a Liberal Democrat, it's a bit different for us because, and you know, the North Shropshire by-election uh, in December last year kind of showed that. That seat had been Conservative since 1832. And it voted Lib Dem last December. Um, I, I think that because of the way our electoral system works and because of the way the media portray it, it's often portrayed as a sort of Labour v Tory, red v blue fight, a bit like Democrat v Republican in the States. Whereas, whereas in the UK, I think where Liberal Democrats work really hard and prove themselves, you get as many people from both both sides of the column. Um, you know, my, my, my Bowbrook was the safest Conservative seat in Shrewsbury. Um, and now wow. it's the one with the biggest Lib Dem majority. Um, you know, we we are quite good as a party. I, I think we've got a much higher vote ceiling. You know, there's there's much more people who will kind of willing to consider voting Liberal Democrat because we're in the middle than than will consider maybe going all the way to Labour and all the way back to the Conservatives. And you know, that is quite a big switch for people. You know, I especially imagine. if you're moving one yeah. way for a very long time. Um, you're voting for who? Who? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you know what? You asked me about knocking on doors earlier, and I remember I was once knocking on doors, and uh, a guy said to me, you know, I was like, if you don't mind me asking, how are you voting? And he said, oh, I, I vote Conservative. And there was this sort of call from the top of the staircase from his clearly his partner, which was like, what? Just clearly never spoken about it. But that's how most people are, isn't it? You know, or a lot of people, you know, why would you talk about that stuff? It's kind of your own your own business. I um, I, I, I remember um this is gonna sound really crude, but I was like 21, 22. 
I was in Weatherspoons and I was I was I, I went with my at the time girlfriend and um <laughs> 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 this is something. Uh, my friend was chatting to these two girls and something was possibly gonna happen, right? And he was like, Oh my god, this is the best night of my life. And he was just it was again, it sounds really crude. And my friend, my my girlfriend at the time was she gets she's very politically charged and gets really excited mm-hmm. when she talks about politics. And her and one of these girls that was with my friend, um, read between the lines, guys, you know what's gonna happen here. Anyway, they started arguing about parts not arguing sort of they were embraced in this debate and it got really heated yeah. but more excited than anything and the one girl was like i've had enough of this and she stormed out and then the other friend was like i've got to go with her she's my friend she's my ride home and my friend was like what have you done <laughs> what have you done to my evening but politics ruined this thing that was going to happen um and yes yeah, i just remember that that's how i'm sorry that complete procrastination but no, no, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so one of the things I wanted—I I spoke to you before. <laughs> I can't believe I just mm. said that on the shoes of whiskey. Um, but one of the the things I spoke to you about is I always find it hilarious when people are on live TV or they're doing and they're trying to have a conversation with a politician and they're trying to get answers out of out of him. Um, I think Boris is always—he was like the master at this. He just always bounced around the answer of the question. Is that something you guys have to learn to do? Is it something that you've been coached with, or is just something you have to naturally pick up? as a politician i think it's so there are definitely times where you're asked something and you know you you can't promise it because you don't know if you can make it happen you know i think i think there's almost an assumption you've got more power than you have yeah you know but you want to get it sorted if you can and i think that you know i mean i think it's different for governments where they're often just dodging talking about a rubbish policy that they shouldn't be enacting um but I, th- I think whenever that's whenever that's happened to me and you can't quite I don't want to promise someone something I can't do, but I do want to get across to them that I want to do it. <laughs> you know, I think you yeah. can get a bit of that. But I'm 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 pretty rubbish at it, I think, or saying to you, Ethan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, what I've done is I've I've like these these are com- com- completely hypothetical. I want to test you. Do a bit of improv, right? I've got a couple right. of topics, right? I'm gonna press onto you. And you're not allowed to give me a definitive definitive answer. You've got to try and bounce around it. Okay. You've got to try and it's a bit like the yes and no game. Okay. Um, mm. and these are completely hypothetical situations, guys. No yes is no no's. No, no, no. Just like I want to try and get an answer out of you. Don't give me an answer. Just try and just try and fan it away. Right. Okay. Okay. The first one is um so we saw a a tweet that you you tweeted a few days ago saying that you hated porgs. But you love Baby Yoda. Does that not make you a bit of a hypocrite when it comes to Star Wars and the merchandise they make? I mean, who who couldn't love Baby Yoda? I mean, uh, you know, we all remember seeing that on our Twitter feeds a few. But, but, but surely, surely, oh, I'm going to do it in the style of the, that. Does it do it on the TV? But surely, surely, if you if if you like Baby Yoda, Yoda, and you're complaining that porgs are just just a way of Disney making money, are they not the same thing? How can you like Baby Yoda? I've always been absolutely clear. About my support for Baby Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but uh, you know you have one, you know, a complete disdain for one thing and one love for another. Surely you should like porgs as much as you like Baby Yoda. Yoda, that's what I'm saying. I need to say Yoda. Always, I've always been absolutely clear. I've always, uh, you know, made my views abundantly clear on, on the issue. Uh, I don't, I, I don't see. What is it about porgs? What is it about porgs? Are you, are you anti-porg? Is that what you're trying to say? No, Baby Yoda's got some very sort of distinct benefits and positives. So, you know, I think that's really what we're trying to focus on here. That's that's kind of our issue. That's what if, we're taking if, up. If, if, if Baby Yoda, Grogu, and a group of porgs were in a, in a boxing fight, who would you want to win? Tell me. Who would you want to win? 
I mean, it's oh, I don't do hypotheticals. I don't do hypotheticals. <laughs> that was brilliant. I love that. Sorry. <laughs> that was, yeah, maybe I'm not cut out for this, Alex. Maybe this isn't this isn't the no, line. You did of work really well. You did really well. You, you stood your ground. I was like, are you anti pork? Are you anti pork? Because yes, not anti pork. <laughs> I do like porks. They're they're quite cool. I, I didn't understand the hate at the time. I was kind of like, well, they're fine. And then you see Chewbacca with what looked like a roasted pork <laughs> above the fire, and you're like, oh, yeah, oh, I remember seeing this at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Chewbacca loves porks. Um, <laughs> I won't do the other one. I won't do the other one because I feel like I, I was kind of really like. Uh, that was uh, good though. You, you could go into that line of work better than I could stay in this line of work. I think. I think there's a you know future for you on sort of uh, you know BBC politics <laughs> i do like i do i do i, I like to improvise uh, with things like that but mm. yeah I, I don't think i could do the i've spoken to um i've spoken to politicians and i've, sp- I've spoken to people from the press and uh, i've spoken to people i won't mention names but I was, yeah, the podcast is out there you know i've spoken to to carl jones um i hope i know you won't mind me mentioning him because he was he told i remember we had this really cool conversation where he was like I have morals. <laughs> I have morals and I couldn't do what they were asked, wanted me to do. Yeah. Uh, so I wanted to make, I can't, I, you know, when, when, uh, you know, certain tabloids <laughs> come up with half an idea and it turn into this big story and they go after people. And, you know, when, when people get brought, I, I get the reasons why there's sometimes you need an answer out of a politician and need to have that sniper instinct, but I just can't do that. I can't put, I feel sorry for people that are in that situation. I do, I do think, I do think that things like I'm I've been absolutely clear or I don't do hypotheticals are the sort of Liz Truss was saying that a lot towards the end. You know, it's yeah. like if you if you have to say I've been absolutely clear, generally you haven't been absolutely clear is probably yeah, quite yeah. a good rule of thumb. <laughs> you don't messed up, boy. <laughs> what did you find out? What did you think about this? What have you you know, as a politician, um that's obviously done you must have done your research and you know, you've seen you see how things have gone. These great leaders of the country, however way you want to look at it, and we've had this what's this debacle, this horrible thing that's gone on with the Tories, one after the other, after the other, one mess after the other. Do you worry about low, uh, you know modern day politics? Yeah, I do, and I, I think it's kind of hard not to, whatever your your leanings are. Like, um, it's not a particularly popular point to make, but stability when you're running public services that affect millions of people is really important. Like you can't, you know, going through this many education secretaries or health secretaries, you know, we've gone through three health secretaries in a year. We've gone through more education secretaries than that in the year. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, schools, the NHS, all these key services, like they, they need direction. They need to know that the government has got a plan. It's implementing a plan over time. Here are the deadlines because, you know, change can't, happen overnight in those sort of sectors um and what what i think is the most sad thing i know this is meant to be upbeat is that you know former home secretary could refer to like roy jenkins you know who sort of decriminalized homosexuality you know a great statesman of his era um or it could refer to one of the four home secretaries that we've had in the last couple of years who've gone in and out like a revolving door it's kind of demeaned those offices a bit they used to mean, yeah. I think, more than they more than they do because of what's gone on over the last few few weeks and months. And and actually, as a country that relies on soft power and prestige, that is a bit sad. Um, I feel like <laughs> I feel like we need a, a strong voice, a, a strong liberal voice, 
you know, this mm. is the one thing that really, really, really annoyed me with all the, the stuff that was going on between um, Corbyn and and and, mm. and 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 I need to Trump then Boris. Um, yeah, during that time. <laughs> well, there's not much difference, I guess. Um, but <laughs> but um, no, during that time, you needed someone strong to be like, no, mm. we do this for the people, or you know, you're wrong. Yeah. We, we, let's go, people. Ah! You know, a, a war cry. Yeah. You know, we needed someone that could bang that drum. Instead, we had. Um, I, I don't. <laughs> I don't think that's a, a good idea, actually. <laughs> you know, and I was like, come on, let's, where are we going? Let's do this, and we didn't get it. We didn't get it. Yeah. And I feel like there's so much negativity going on right now, um, especially when it comes to, um, you know, socialism uh, and what's going on in the world right now, whether it be race, whether it be gender, whether it be sexuality, yeah. uh, healthcare. Uh, there's so many things going on at the moment that need a good positive push. Now is the right time for someone to step in and be like, right, boys, let's go. Let's yeah. change the world. You yeah. know, I hope so. And on a very little local scale, we want to be a bit of a change choice, really. Um Shrewsbury is an independently minded place. We do things a bit differently here to most. People are a lot more locally proud. We're exactly the sort of place that, you know, could could do with having a Lib Dem MP or having a more independently minded one that isn't just going to take the national whip. I mean, our our current member of parliament is the prime minister's trade envoy to Mongolia, um, which speaks to his priorities, I think, better than I'll ever be able to sort of articulate. <laughs> I'm on the I'm on the ban list for our, our MP. Uh, <laughs> he banned me. Got <laughs> a long list, I gather. Yeah. Um, he said I, I was I was quite open about it, and you know, again, I, I try not to get I'm trying not to get political. And if 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 you listen to the show and you're a fan of our MP, please don't not listen to the show anymore. We all have our own opinions, and we can live together. But mm. he said something that I really didn't agree with, and I think everybody knows what I'm alluding to. I don't want to go into it, but I sort of like answered him back on Twitter. I was like, "No, you can't say that. That's terrible. Don't do that." Don't do that, and I ended up uh, banned, <laughs> blocked on Twitter. Um, it would be nice to have um, someone that comes out and meets people, and and mm. you can write to. And I always remember, oh gosh, what was the, the name of the MP in, in Wrexham when I was living there at the time? I wrote to my MP in in Wrexham, and he wrote back and he helped me out. Done. <laughs> do you know? And I was yeah. just like, oh wow, you know, those those were the days when he could do that. Do you get a lot of people writing to you with, with issues? Yeah, and I think email has probably changed it a lot. Um, the fact that I think MPs 20 years ago, councillors 20 years ago, would have, you'd have had to send them a letter. Whereas now, you, you know, you, you can send me an email and it's publicly available. Yeah. Actually, my mobile number, I've, you know, that you, you can ring this phone on rather a lot of bits of paper that get put out around Shrewsbury and Atcham. Um, Absolutely. I, I will try and get back to people if they've got issues that they want to talk about, because um, I think that's that's the job. Um, you know, I, I, re I really hope that win or lose, we can make sure that the next election is a lot more locally focused and we can make sure that all the other parties up their game, um, because I think people are pretty tired of not having that first class service and having really bad public services actually compared to most places. And yeah. hopefully at the very least I can I can make sure that it's a bit of a catalyst for improving improving the way that everyone does democracy in Shropshire. Uh, um, <laughs> you are you're gonna be put up for for the whole of Shrewsbury, right? You wanna become you want you want to go for be, being the MP of Shrewsbury? Absolutely. And uh, our lovely surrounding rural areas goes all the way out to the Welsh border. <laughs> 
it's at your age. I keep, I keep saying at your age, and I, that again, I'm not that old. I'm not that young either. I'm kind of just like in the middle there. Hmm. Um, do you feel that's super ambitious, or do you relish it? Do you feel like you're ready? I think it is ambitious, um, and especially doing as a Liberal Democrat is ambitious. But actually, the sort of MPs you want, you want to know who they are, you want to know their values, you want to know that they care about the community. I hope that I can get that across to people because I do. Um, the other parties cannot speak freely in the way that the Liberal Democrats can, because there's mm-hmm. national wits. You, you know, you're voting for a prime minister, you're voting for a government, you're voting for for someone to be part of that existing establishment. Um, I, I kind of want to take that on and be incredibly locally focused and incredibly constituency focused. Um, Cause I think that's what people here need and deserve. And we have not had a great run of members of parliament in this constituency over the years. We have, we, we need people who are willing to sort of take on local issues head on face the heat. I won't be blocking you on Twitter. Um, it's probably a decent place to start as well. Um, oh, I don't think there'll be many people on Twitter left after Musk has done, finished with it, if I'm honest. <laughs> and I, and I, oft, I often, I, again, I, I often think of Charles Kennedy, who, you know, is one of these people who you still get brought up on the doorstep as someone who, who inspired an awful lot of people. And he fought his home home uh, town seat up in Scotland, the same, same age I'll be. So if I can follow in footsteps even close to that, um, in terms of public service, I'll, I feel like it's sort of been a life well spent, I hope. <laughs> I was going to ask you who sort of inspires you, who drives you, but it seems like Kennedy is like up there. Is there anybody else that, that you look at and is like a, a mentor to you? Or even if it's a, a celebrity, an actor, a, a musician, whatever it is, is there somebody that inspires you? Oh, I, I didn't. Because I, I feel like the thing that really gets me out of bed in the morning and has me doing this is the fact that you, you're, you're dealing with people. Um, you're dealing with an awful lot of people who do incredible things, totally thankless. Like the amount of visits I've been on, the amount of doors I've knocked on where someone's like, oh, yeah, I maintain the community hall in this area and I just do it all. And it's through my, you know, if you want a bucket, you have to come to my house and pick up the key. Or people who are like, oh, yeah, I, I set up the veteran support group in Shrewsbury and now we have a breakfast with 100 people. Or or people who are like, the council won't make our area look nice so i just go out every six months and cut back everything here or i maintain the canal network or i the, the people you meet on a daily basis who are just doing remarkable stuff to make this a better place to live without asking to be thanked by anyone it is incredible and that's that's what makes it really worth it because you meet a lot of those people and you kind of realize without without a few of those people doing great stuff we, this would be a worse place to live um I'd say, you know, I know that's a really politicky answer, but that is, that is the truth of it. I think that's what I enjoy the most. You got a lot of positivity, my friend, and I like that. You know, there's, you know, I feel like I feel like we've been beating on for so long. I feel like people are down trodden. And mm. I've I got I've got to mention as well when I was going on my rant about what what people need. I mentioned socialism. I meant civil rights. I just threw a word in there. It's, we're not fighting for socialism, <laughs> I guess, in a way. But like, no, that's not what I meant. I I'm, I feel like I made an idiot of mm. myself. Um, yeah, civil rights are important, but no, I feel like we've been beating on for so long, and there's been so so much negativity that there are mm. so many when it, you know. I've, like again, I'm, I'm friends with politicians. I'm friends with people in, in important yeah. places, and I think one of the, one of the most uh, common things people are saying is, "We can't do this anymore. We, mm. we need to change." Like it's just mm. too much. Like 
when you think of um, children that are born within the last sort of 15 years, it's been trauma after trauma after trauma, negative stuff. Again, civil rights problems. You know, there are people being born into situations. Apparently, uh, you know, I mentioned Musk, old Muskie, um, uh, since since he took over Twitter, there's been like a, a 200% increase of the N-word being used on Twitter since he's taken over. And that's just because people want to be that horrible. You know, I feel like we need to make a change before it's too late. You know, I really do. Absolutely. Touch wood. <laughs> yes, uh, absolutely. Oh, I'm getting around. I say, oh, I never get political on the shoes biscuit. And here I go on my rant. 58 minutes um, later. <laughs> yes, yeah, absolutely. Alex, I, I've, I've really enjoyed chatting to you. We should absolutely do this again. I mean, I, I'm the, the shoes biscuit is out and about in places. If I see you, if you see me, come say hello. Um, absolutely will do. And uh, make sure you come on the biscuit again. Um, I've got to say, uh, I spoke to the, the mayor last night. I want to come to... Uh, I want to get involved more with either Shropshire or Shrewsbury Council. I want to get involved with uh, not the movings and shakings, but more promoting. You know, this show is 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 designed to promote Shrewsbury in in a positive way. So, if there's any way that the Shrewsbury biscuit can move in in sort of tight circles with the council um, and sort of work out what's going on and where we can be and how we can help, then I'm I'm down for that. So, I think it's going to be brought up at the next council meeting. So, awesome! Yeah, I look Great. forward to it. <laughs> how can people how can people follow you and, and your journey and even get in touch with you if they need to? Uh, so my Facebook is Councillor Alex Wagner, predictably. Um, I, I, I'm on Twitter as uh, much the same. Um, I also, you can email me at alex.wagner at shrewslibdems.org. Um, anything you want to raise, any issues, any anything you'd like to see me doing as much as anything, because I, I ultimately work for work for all the people I represent, not for myself, um, just let me know. I try and get back to everyone as soon as possible and try and get stuff moving where we can. <laughs> Wonderful. It's been great chatting to you. I've got a couple of things to mention before we get out of here, guys. Um, you see my threads, what I'm wearing today. I'm wearing lifelines. Um, usually I've got a lifelines drink with me. I've got coffee because it's been one of those mornings, folks. But um, Dave Hamlet, who runs Lifelines, thank you so much for the threads. It's a, it's an, it's not an energy drink; it's a hydration drink. It's actually really good. It's a, uh, we did Pod Aid a while ago, twenty four hour live podcast, and that kept us going. And it was not like I said; it's not an energy drink. It's a, it's a drink with uh, lots of uh, lots of vitamins and lots of good things that keep it going. So, um, thank you so much to Lifelines. Also, I mentioned Alex McCarthy at the beginning of the episode. Uh, she was one of the oh, she's just a breath of fresh air. You know, it's one of those people I spoke. I got I got um, awestruck halfway through. I apologize for no reason. Do you ever do that? Give us a conversation, with people, and go. Oh, sorry, uh, it was one of those moments where I felt so insecure, but that's because I was so awestruck by her. I've got a little clip of the. Uh, I hope you don't mind me showing this, Alex. A little clip of uh, of the podcast with her. If you've not listened to it. Here is the, this is the first thing she said to me a minute and 24 into the podcast. Take a listen to this. You know, I'm part of a, um, a clique of people that can tend to be quite thirsty when it comes to, you know, if, you, if you're doing your thing, you could probably see a lot of podcasters that are going, listen to my show. And they're, they're everywhere and they post their links everywhere. And it's, you know, and it's, uh, it's one of those things where you, you try, I try and make a, a, pre, a presence of myself without becoming a nuisance. If that makes sense, there's the. I feel, do you think there's a fine line between that? Mm, 
that's an interesting question. Uh, as someone who is fascinated with mindset and that fine line between am I being too much versus I need to talk about what I do so people yeah. know who I am. Yeah. Um, I think that there's no such thing as, as being too much because when you're talking to your people, they need to and want to know what you have to mm-hmm. say. And I've slowly learned that it's okay to not be everybody's cup of tea. Uh, and as long uh, as yeah. the people that are my cup of tea are in my audience and, and liking it and hearing it. Is it a case of good. weaning out the people that don't want to be there and bringing in the people that do? Yeah, and I feel like the more you show up and the more you talk about your thing and the more you yeah. put it out there, you will attract and you will repel. But, but and when I say repel, it's simply we're not built to be here to serve absolutely everybody. Amazing. Absolute pool of knowledge that that lady is. Uh, so um, <laughs> it's really good. It's really good. Um, uh, also, I want to say uh, a genuinely from the heart, massive thank you to our listeners. Our, um, our listener base stands at upwards of 300%. We're up by 300% in our listener rate. Uh, it's it's an, an amazing thing to happen as someone that's been doing this for four years, over 400 episodes. We've been doing all right, you know, I'm very happy with the numbers, but um, something's happened, something's clicked, and I want to say thank you to every single one of you. If you listen to my show, if you share it, if you help me support it, promote it, um, I love you very much, and we're going to be doing something very special with it all very soon. Well, Alex, I'll let you go. It's uh, been an amazing chatting to you. Um, have you got any final comments before we get out of here? No, thanks for having me. I really enjoyed that. Uh, first oh. podcast I think I've ever done as well. So, uh, there yeah, you go. <laughs> we get a lot of good positive uh, comments and, and how relaxed it is. You know, it's, it's mm. when you do some podcasts, it's kind of like, what is your favorite color? You know, it's not how we do things here, it's all very relaxed. Um, right, guys, thank you so much for listening. Stick around, Alex. I'll say goodbye to you backstage when, when the outro is done. Um, but thank you so much for tuning in, guys. We really do appreciate you, and we'll catch you on on the next show um peace out